Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teaching professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this morning here on the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is LPJ professional and Legends Tour player Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you today? Well, I'm I'm doing fantastic today. It's uh, it's kind of a very exciting uh, Tuesday morning, uh, but a little bit sad as well, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, very excited, first off, uh, Tiger Woods, of course, won the Masters tournament uh, this past weekend, uh, making it number 15 in uh, his total of majors. So I'm very, very excited. A lot of people were very, very uh, happy about that. Did you get a chance to watch any of it? I did. Wasn't it awesome? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, <clears throat> one of the things that, that really caught my eye, uh, obviously I didn't get to see the whole uh you know, uh, weekend, but uh, I made sure that I caught uh, Sundays, which is, you know, obviously the most important. But um, the thing that I noticed most, Cindy, was that uh, he was very calm. You know, he didn't seem to get agitated at all. Uh, he just had a real calm. And he, and he talked about that in his interviews, um, that that was something that he really wanted to make a point of when he came out to play the final round. I mean, obviously he tried to do that throughout the whole tournament, but particularly the final round, he just, you know, wanted to have a calmness about him, and it certainly showed. <coughs> Excuse me. It sure did. It was like he was on a mission, and it was Pardon all me. business, and yeah. he didn't allow any of the situations or the players or the circumstances get in his way, and he played very smart, intelligent golf. Yeah, he, you know, it was really kind of interesting you know, speaking of which, uh, on on the final round Sunday, of course, when he hit his tee shot on number 12, uh, he played well left. Of course, the pin, the Sunday pin placement was over to the right of the green. And, of course, I'm talking about uh, the par 3, number 12, uh, for those that maybe are not familiar with the, the Masters layout. Um, and he played well left, playing in, in a safe position, and obviously uh, went on to, to par the hole. He left himself a little bit of a testy putt for par, but uh, he did make it. Uh, and that was a pivotal point in the tournament because uh, Molinari, of course, uh, uh, faltered a little bit uh, as well as the other player. Um, and that really opened the door for Tiger Woods because there was really, you know, uh, sort of a back and forth for a few holes. Um, they were chasing Molinari for uh, most of the tournament. Uh, but that opened the door for Tiger Woods. And, uh, you know, you don't uh, you don't give Tiger... Uh, too many opportunities to open a door for him because uh, he'll certainly walk through and he and he did and and ultimately went on to win the tournament. So um, obviously congratulations to Tiger Woods, uh, well deserved. And uh, you know he's really really struggled here for the last several years with a lot of different things going on with his back and then his knee and and back again and and so forth. So I, I'm really I'm really happy and I'm really excited and I I think a lot of people are as well in golf to see him, uh, you know, get back in, in the game like that. What about your thoughts? Well, I just think, you know, kudos to him. I think he's been humbled. Um, mm-hmm. I believe it's a blessing. <clears throat> I know that he just played. He had his own game plan, and he didn't let – he didn't falter from it at all, whereas yeah. – um, Molinari and Finau knocked it in the water on 12, and he just yep. did the smart play and hit it long left. I mean, that's the only place to hit it. And, and Jack Nicholas was saying in the interviews the same exact thing, is you got to stick to your game plan and play smart golf, which he just mm-hmm. he plotted along and let everybody else make mistakes. So God bless yep. him and congratulations. Yeah, well said. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, un- unfortunately, a um, little bit of sadness this week, and we're going to talk about that in a few moments. Uh, 
just to let everybody know what's happening on the show, we're going to have uh, here in just a moment, just waiting for her to come on. Uh, we're going to have a, a great uh, young lady from the Symmetra Tour, uh, Demi Runas, is going to be joining us here in a few moments. And then a little bit later, uh, we're going to remember a legend of the game, of course, Marilyn uh, Smith, who passed away uh, just a little uh, less than a week ago now. And uh, we're going to uh, just talk a little bit about her, some of our memories, and uh, just uh, share some of her uh, accomplishments. She was a legend of the game and, and one of the original 13 founders uh, of the uh, LPGA. Uh, so really for, you know, people like Marilyn, and again, I don't want to get into too much of it right now, uh, cause we'll talk about it later, but, uh, uh, she was instrumental in, in opening a door for, um, women like yourself and, and all those that have followed, uh, since with, with uh, with her and, and the other uh, members that, that started the LPJ tour, you know, That's and, sure. um, yeah, it's, uh, so as I said, we're going to be joined here in just a few moments. Uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, Demi might be out in California, so she's probably uh, still waking up a little bit early. We seem to, we've been lucking out here the last few weeks, and the uh, most of the young ladies have been calling in have been out in the West Coast, so it's a little bit earlier, uh, you know, for them. We're of course uh, the show here starts at 9 a.m. Eastern, uh, and they're a few hours behind us, so uh, we'll just give her a few more minutes and. Uh, and if not, then we'll uh, we'll proceed on uh, talking uh, about uh, a little bit more about Maryland. But um, uh, you know something else I noticed too, uh, just going back to the Masters, Cindy, is that um, you know there were a lot of players that seemed to kind of be hovering around the leaderboard, um, and a lot of the young players, you know, they're very very. Uh, in today's game, very, very impressive. I mean, they're not only great ball strikers and can hit it a mile, um, but you're starting to see, I think, uh, a better mental game put out by some of the players. What did you think when you watched? I mean, obviously, you know, we were watching primarily Tiger and, and the leaders, but um, did you see notice anything particular about any of the other players that, that you might have seen uh, across the screen? No, not really, but, I, you know, I believe that... Kids are starting so much earlier now with the PGA Junior League and LPGA Girls Golf Club and the first tee. Kids are learning to play golf so much earlier, and there's so much more instruction and the ability and opportunity to play in tournaments to learn how to, how to maneuver yourself around the golf course. So a lot of these kids, you know, as we've spoken to different members of uh, the Symmetra Tour, they've been on national teams. They start when they're 13 yes. or 14 years old, and they have mental training, nutrition, fitness, golf swing, you know, everything. So they're learning at a much earlier age than we ever did when we were starting because, right. you know, we didn't know anything about that. Um, right. So I, I believe that they're all better younger because they're training earlier. Right, right. And I agree with that. Um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, obviously a lot of us that did start to play uh, maybe picked up our, you know, I, I was about seven years old when I first picked up a golf club. I mean, I think I actually was a little bit younger than that. But before I, I really had any sort of knowledge or understanding, um, you know, when my father taught me the game. But, you know, we didn't really have the same uh, drive or intensity uh, that you're seeing a lot of these young kids. And I think it's because they're seeing some of these great players, you know, because of television and, and the media, you know, we see a lot of these great players where when I was growing up, I mean, certainly we watched, but it, it really wasn't as big on television. Um, when I was growing up at that stage, I mean, it was still in its early infancy stage as far as, uh, uh, you know, television and, and media. And, um, you know, nowadays there, there's so much information being put out there, and of course over the internet. And uh, so you're right; they're, they're seeing it, they're getting excited about it, and they're wanting to get into the game and uh, and getting into the various different programs that you just mentioned. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And um, you know, you know, I, the other sorry, go thing ahead. is the the first part of the week or the end of last week the Augusta National Women's Amateur uh, was held for the first time ever, and Jennifer Cupcho right. won. And yep. 
then you have the drive, chip, and putt championship. So kids are seeing the opportunity to participate as well. And it's funny because I, I'm a columnist for the Buffalo News, and I had to do an article for this past weekend, and I wrote about Jennifer Cupcho and and how to embrace the privilege of pressure. I mean, the young girl hit the first shot and the last shot at the tournament, and mm-hmm. Maria Faso, the young girl who finished second in the tournament from Mexico, made a statement about Jennifer Cupcho. She said, she's not afraid to be great, and that's why she is. Yeah. And that just unbelievable, that statement. And that it's so true. So many of us can be afraid to be great. And I would just challenge our listeners, you know what? Let's not be afraid to be great because you got to raise yeah. the bar. And that's what these kids are doing that um, – I forget who they interviewed. Was it Shoffley? I mean, all these I kids think. are finishing the top 10, top 15 of the Masters, their first or second go-round, right? It's just raised right. the bar. It's your mindset. You can do this. Yeah. Who says you can't do this? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting yeah, no, that that's an interesting point because, you know, it's so right. When you, when you look back in, in an earlier time, uh, especially on the men's side, you know, you had uh, Nicholas and – and a few others not that obviously were very very confident particularly Jack I mean he was very confident even though his his actual physical golf game uh wasn't necessarily the best when you compare it to, as far as ball striking and things like that to some other players that were out there um but his mental game and his confidence in his game was so strong that he was able to dominate uh, a lot of the events that he was in much like Tiger has done uh for for many many years um and, you know, a lot of the other players uh, certainly were great ball strikers, but they didn't seem to have, at least in my opinion, didn't seem to have the same confidence and assurance that uh, somebody like a Nicholas and some of the other top players. And that's why you saw, um, you know, certain players that, that sort of dominated. Uh, there was a very small group that dominated uh, the PGA Tour particularly, and even on the LPGA Tour. But now you're seeing... Um, because not only the physical game has elevated so much, Cindy, um, you know, to said everybody's becoming a good, a uh, really good ball striker. Um, but you're seeing that, that elevated confidence level as well. And like you said, you know, I can do this too. And, and they get out there and they're very self-assured and, uh, and very confident in themselves. And I think when you get out on the golf course with that level of confidence, even if you don't end up playing well, um, you know, that's going to carry you a long way. And it's interesting, Cindy, you know, you mentioned about some of the young ladies that we've interviewed here uh, over the last few years from the Symmetra Tour. If you listen to um, how they carry themselves, even though they've, you know, from time to time, they, as everybody does, they kind of have their little slumps, um, there's still a, a residue of confidence in their voice that they know they can do it. They just got to, you know, muster the energy and that's something that I don't think you really saw as much of, uh, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, what do you think about Ab- that? Absolutely. absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, again, yeah. we can all – no one can win a tournament on purpose. You know what I mean? No. That's what makes it right. so exciting. But Tiger proved that if you stick to your game plan and you have a process, you know, it was definitely his time. The stars all yeah. aligned. Everyone faltered when they needed to. But still, a lot of those guys that finished in the top 15 or 20, if you, if you will, you know, they played well as well. They just didn't get all the bounces and the breaks. And I thought it right. was really awesome that they all stood there at, you know, the entrance to Butler Cabin you know, to congratulate them, those with green jackets and those without. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one thing you can really say um, about golf. Um, you know, nobody likes to, you know, if you're playing in a team sport, nobody likes to be the losing team. Um, and, you know, when you get to the professional level, and, you know, I would say 99.9%, you know, everybody is in good uh, good spirit. Certainly you're sad and, and disappointed uh, in, in the ultimate uh, outcome. Um, but you don't really see a lot of unsportsmanlike. And particularly in golf, 
I mean, there were a lot of people, even the ones that, that didn't, you know, end up ultimately winning the Masters, were very happy for Tiger. They were excited for him because they knew how hard it was. I mean, you think about this, put it in perspective, it's been 11 years since he's won a major. Now, he's won a few tournaments along the way. He won the Players' Championship last year, uh, which certainly is a big event as well. But, you know, he has really struggled a lot with his game. He's made a lot of changes. He's uh, gotten through a tremendous amount of physical uh, hurdles. I mean, you know, I, I got thinking about this, uh, and I, I, I might have the year wrong, but I think it was the 208, uh, 2008 uh, U.S. Open, I believe, when he was playing against Rocco Mediate when they got into that playoff and, and so forth. And I remember him hobbling along because his, uh, I believe it was his knee, uh, you know, that he was struggling with the whole time. And he, here he is, he's hitting these incredible shots, and then you would see him grimace after he swung the club and hit the ball and, and then sort of hobbling along, and he ultimately went on to win the tournament. Um, you know, and what was interesting, I don't know if you saw this or not in some of the replays, but uh, during this year's Masters, uh, I think it was on the Saturday, uh, Tiger had hit a shot, and, uh, of course, the crowd's, you know, rushing to, to see what happened. And one of the security uh, guards, if you will, that w was helping him out, rushed to, to block the guard and actually hit his foot, sort of slid into him because uh, it was wet, and hit his foot. And then, of course, he stepped. And the first thing that w went through my mind is, I hope this isn't going to take him out of the tournament because he really kind of stepped up. But it, it was just, you know, a, I guess a reaction. But, um, but you remember that tournament back in the U.S. Open when he won that? I mean, a lot of people were amazed. So he has a lot of, I don't know what his internal dialogue is, but boy, I'd like to tap into that. What about you? Yeah, exactly. I, it's gumption. It's will. It's I'm on a mission. Uh, I just, it's strength. It's it's really awesome, and it's just great to witness. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody, um, you know, could have uh, done that. You know, when you think about it. Um, you know, to, to, to win a major tournament the way he has in the past. I mean, there's been times when he's gone out there and his driver has just, you know, been all over the place, and yet he still comes out and wins the tournament, and you're shaking your head and thinking, how can this happen? But he just has, um, he obviously has an eye, <coughs> pardon me, for, for the course, you know, when he gets in there. And obviously some courses, as Jack always used to talk about, fit his eye better than others. Um, but he just knows what his strengths are. And I think that's a key thing, too. And I'm sure, you know, Cindy, when you're working with your students, is you try to identify those strengths and you really, uh, you know, play up to those strengths, uh, you know, as you're developing some of the weaker areas of their game, but you want them to understand and know. So, you know, if they get out in the first tee and their driver's not working well, then maybe they can scale back to a fairway wood or even a hybrid or something along that lines. Um, you know, how important that is to really understand it. Uh, you know, same thing on the putting surface. If, if your putting isn't well, then you've got to tighten up some of the other areas that are uh, well. And I think that's what Tiger does better than anybody else or, or certainly has for a long time. So very, very excited for Tiger. Um, and, uh, you know, we hope he keeps it going. And, and uh, I'm sure, uh, like I said, a lot of people probably didn't think this was going to happen. But uh, it, it's it's re-energized a whole new conversation in, in the uh, sports uh, world. So uh, we're excited for him. And, and again, congratulations, Tiger Wood. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that, uh, as I mentioned earlier, Cindy, that uh, Demi, uh, our guest that was going to be on this morning, uh, may have uh, got mixed up with the time uh, difference and, and so forth. Uh, I think she's out on the, on the California coast. So, uh, we're going to proceed along with the show, and, and uh, if she happens to pop in, I'll, I'll bring her on. But um, as I mentioned, there was a, a sad component to uh, to this week as well, Cindy. Uh, we lost a, a great legend in women's golf, and I just want to read something out, and and then we'll we'll have a, a you know some discussion about it. Um, Marilyn Louise Smith was born in Topeka, Kansas, and started playing golf at age 12. Uh, she was an American professional golfer, in fact, one of the 13 founders of the LPGA back in 1950, three-time winner of the Kansas State Amateur from 1946 to 48, and won the 1949 National Individual Intercollegiate Golf Championship while attending the University of Kansas. Smith turned pro that same year and joined the Spalding staff, 
She won her first professional tournament in 1952 at the Fort Wayne Open. Marilyn would go on to win a total of 21 events on the LPJ Tour, including two major championships, the 1963 and 64 title holders championships. Uh, she finished in the top 10 on the money list nine times between 1961 and 72, with her best finishes being fourth places in 63, 68, and, of course, 1970. Uh, she was named the LPJ Most Improved Player in 1963 and was the LPJ's president from 1958 to 1960. Uh, she was selected for membership of the World Golf Hall of Fame in the Lifetime Achievement category in June 2006 and inducted in October of that same year. In 1973, she became the first woman to work on a men's golf television broadcast. Uh, my co-host, LPJ professional, uh, Legends Tour player Cindy Miller and I will always be grateful for the time we, uh, she spent with us here on the Women of Golf Show alongside her good friend, uh, Debbie Wakus. Uh, Marilyn Louise Smith passed away on April 9th 2019, four days before her 90th birthday. Uh, she'll be missed by many, especially those who knew her by her nickname, Miss Personality. Um, so now I'm going to let you go first. Um, you know, certainly a, a big loss. Um, I certainly have some fond memories of, of our time that she spent on the show, uh, but just watching her. What, what, uh, what thoughts do you have of, of Marilyn? You obviously uh, had an opportunity to speak with her as well and, and uh, obviously know a lot about her. Uh, what do you think? Well, we really lost a legend. She was so warm and caring and loving and unselfish. For someone who had achieved all that she's done, it was never about her. It was always about you or what she could do to help grow golf, the game of golf, junior golf, women's golf, just. It was always about the other person, never about her. That's what I remember most about her. When you would see her, she would act like you were her best friend. She'd walk up, she'd look you right in the eyes, grab your hands, and, oh, Cindy, how are you? And it's like, wow, this woman really cares. (laughs) So that's what I remember most about her. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. One of the things that that was very interesting, and I just want to, about the show again last year, uh, she came on, of course, with her good friend Debbie Wakus, and they were talking about uh, the uh, Maryland's tournament, of course, which uh, is part of the Maryland uh, Smith Foundation. And uh, she ran a, an event every every year. And uh, so they came on to talk about that, of course. And, you know, one of the things that really, really impressed me, especially given, um, you know, that she was well into her 80s, is how much energy she had. Um, you know, not only was she a very kind and warm and giving person, but she just had a tremendous amount of energy. And I remember after the show, you know, we always uh, here in the show, of course, we uh, send a message to all of our guests, thanking them for, for appearing and, and being our special guest here with Cindy and I. And uh, I remember something that she said that she really, um, you know, made a point of, of writing people and thanking them and things like that. Well, Obviously, I didn't have her address, but I thought, I'm going to take a little extra step. And I actually, of course, I had her phone number, and I called her immediately after the show. And just even though we weren't face-to-face, Cindy, that same feeling came through the the phone line, if you will. She was very warm and inviting, very excited that I had called her and really excited that we had her on the show. I mean, she was just tickled pink, and we talked for probably about 30 minutes um, after the, the show. And she was just so so excited to be a part of it, and to just do whatever she could to help somebody else. And um, that was something that really struck me: is you don't see a lot of that anymore, unfortunately, in today's generation with the technology um, uh, of that sort of personal touch and that personal, um, you know, reaching out. And um, obviously, I didn't know her personally, other than through a few uh, opportunities. But um, you know, just the, the the presence, as you said, and you know, I've seen a lot of different things that Debbie and, and others have posted about her. Um, and you're right. I mean, she just, um, until the very end, you know, didn't say, well, I'm going to retire now. And, you know, I've had a great career and I'm just going to sort of drift off in the sunset. No, she was hands on deck, if you will, and wanted to continue uh, to keep giving um, with, with many of the other friends that she's made along the way. And of course, our good friend, Shirley Spork, who, who's still uh, with us and one of the other uh, original founders of the LPJ, um, they together were like, you know, peas in a pod, and they would just go out, and, and both of them 
um, would just go out there and be so warming and inviting. And, uh, you know, um, I'm sure they were equally excited uh, with the young ladies that played at Augusta National uh, the week before the Masters. I mean, what a great um, accomplishment and, um, you know, for them to, to really, really play a part in that, even though they may not directly have been involved in, in getting that event to happen, but it's because of theirs and particularly because of Marilyn, um, all the things that she's done to help spearhead women's golf. Um, every women of the LPGA and every young gir- uh, girl in future that uh, gets out there with whatever they do can owe a debt of gratitude to Marilyn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and she was just at the Founders Cup a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Right. I mean, sitting on right. the 18th hole waiting, you know, to greet all the players and just, you know, unselfish. That's that's the biggest word. Yeah. Now, I think, I'm not sure, but I think this might uh, be Demi, so I'm going to bring on uh, our guest. If not, it might be somebody else. So let's just see who we have. Good morning and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, guys. I'm so sorry for my tardiness. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I suspect uh, this this must be Demi uh, Runas. Uh, good morning and welcome. Um, I imagine you're on in California time, correct? I am. So um, yeah, I was my my alarm did go off, but hey, there's Susan. <laughs> Whoops. That's okay. You need a cup well, of coffee glad- real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, well Demi, just hold tight real quick. No, not a problem. Uh, Demi, just hang tight for a second. I just want to let the folks know a little bit about you, and then and then we'll uh, continue okay. on. Uh, Demi Runas, of course, is our guest this morning. She's 27 from Torrance, California. Uh, led the University of California Davis campus, of course, to four Big West Conference championship titles, uh, three-time uh, Big West Conference Player of the Year, and four-time All Big West First Team. In 2013, she uh, won the Big West Conference Championship individual title, uh, named UC Davis Female Athlete of the Year and a Women's Golf Coast Association Second Team All-American. Uh, Symmetra Tour graduate as a rookie in 2014, thanks to five top ten finishes, uh, performances including two runner-up uh, results uh, to finish at number nine on the official money list, uh, enters the 2019 Symmetra Tour season, having made the cut in 34 of 44 career starts on the road to the LPGA with eight top tens. Uh, and also a uh, total of 45 career starts on the LPGA Tour as well, with a career best showing of t- uh, uh, tied for 25th at the 2006, and I think this is correct, uh, the major LPGA Classic for Simply Give. So uh, please welcome our very special guest this morning, Demi Runas. Uh, did I get that right? Was that the, is it major or is it major? <laughs> um Meyer, I think is how they they would My, pronounce Meyer. It. Okay, no, no, Jay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, good morning and welcome, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. We're glad you were able to to join us, and you're on with uh, I'm Ted Odorico, the uh, and uh, Sydney Miller are your hosts this morning. So we're glad you could join us. And uh, Sydney, I'm going to let you go this uh, this morning first. So what's up next for you? Where are you playing next? Uh, we have our event in El Dorado, Arkansas, next week. So I will be heading out there um, this weekend. Nice. And what's who's the sponsor of that event? Uh, the Mercy El Dorado Shootout. So it's um, like a gas it's a gas company out in uh, that area. It's like more than Arkansas though. It's like Arkansas and um, goes all the way down through Florida. Awesome. Awesome. So mm-hmm. tell us what's the best part of your game. Um, at the moment, my stats will show that uh, ball striking is, is currently the top of my game at the moment. I'm fortunate to where I can I do hit a lot of fairways and greens. So if uh, the putter would like to wake up at any point, that would be great. <laughs> and what are you Just doing? Like me. Yeah, right. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. Here comes the alarm. Um, yeah, all right. What are you doing to try to make your putter wake up? Uh, you know, I've actually been working with uh, a new short game coach starting at the end of last season. His name is Skip Kendall. And um, I know that the stats don't really show it, but I do feel a lot better over my putting since uh, in relation to previous seasons. And so right now it's just a little bit of trust in the process and, and being patient, all the things that we know <laughs> and say to, to ourselves every day. 
Yeah, that is so hard to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if it was so easier, what, then everybody would do things, it, right? <laughs> absolutely, I know this. Um, what are you working on with him? What have you changed? Uh, we did just like tightening up the technique with my with my chipping, and um, he's taught me a, a new technique just to control wedge distances, which has been really helpful in terms of uh, capitalizing on on par four, par fives for scoring and just like feeling work. It's you know it's great to know when you have like a forty yard shot. And, oh, I have I have this, and um, it it actually has helped like me be more confident. Uh, with my irons too, just knowing like, oh, you know, if I miss the green, like I'm gonna get up and down. Um, That's all. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's been a really, yeah, he's been a really, really great addition to my uh, my career and and the team. So I'm excited. Super, Chad. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, uh, Demi, what have been some of the biggest hurdles that you've had to face uh, since you've been on tour? I mean, everybody has. Um, challenges in their game, and that uh, it might be everything from traveling to to just sort of getting used to the to a, a schedule. I know you've also played on the LPJ tour as well, so you can uh, mm-hmm. welcome to draw from from some of that as well. But what have been some of the biggest hurdles uh, when you first came out on tour? Uh, well, when honestly, the when I first started, I I didn't really know I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> So I mean, coming out of college, it was it was basically just like I started. I just continued to do what I was doing, and which I think led led to my success uh, my rookie year on the Symmetra Tour. And then once I got out to the LPGA, um, I think mentally I wasn't completely prepared for what I was to face out there. You know, getting to hit golf balls next to people that I grew up watching. Like I remember the first round that I played with Julie Inkster was the most nervous I've ever been. Like she's one of my idols. Um, <laughs> so I think just you know mentally, like telling myself, like you know, I'm I have the ability to play out here and I can compete, and that that wasn't really there in 2015 when I got out there. But uh, so I you know I was there for three seasons, 15, 16, 17, but didn't have a ton of success for for what I wanted. Right. Um, so then came back to the Symmetra Tour for uh, eight, 2018 and, and obviously this year. And it's just, it, it sucks to be perfectly honest, but at the same time, it gave me a chance to <laughs> to rebuild my confidence. And I think I'm in a much better than I was uh, last year. Yeah. I, I, so belief, you know, what's it? Yeah, go ahead, Cindy. Belief is so hard. Because I, yeah. I was the same way, you know, you're out there and you're like, oh, that's Julie Inkster, you know, that's Joanne Carner, and, and I'm hitting balls right next to him, and, you know, I'm just Cindy from Silver Creek. So, and you've got to say, wait a minute, you've earned the right to be here. All it is is a club, a ball, you, and the golf course. But yeah, it really exactly. plays a number on your mind. So I think, you know, sometimes it's a blessing, you know, you can learn to win by losing almost. Yeah, yeah, and, that's a great that's a great way to put it. Yeah. So, how have you played this year so far? Uh, I've been fortunate to have a, a pretty strong start to the season this year. I finished top ten in the first event, and then I was in a playoff in the second event. Um, and then another, I had a top twenty finish at the first California event, and then made the cut uh, in Windsor, but didn't have a great Sunday. So. All in all, it's been a pretty solid start to the season. I I can't complain, and I'm just, you know, gotta keep gotta keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> what do you love most about playing competitive golf? Man, it's um, I think the fact that like every day is different. Like you, you think you might have it one day, and the next day the golf gods are like, no, no. <laughs> we've got something else in store for you. So like every day, I think (laughs) every day is an opportunity to to grow. And even if it is a bad day, if you look at it is, you know, it's not a failure, but maybe a a chance to learn and grow. Like, I don't think you'll ever fail. Do you have, like for me, when I used to, I played on the tour for a few years and 
whenever I played bad, I would come home and people would go, oh, my God, what's the matter with you? You missed the cut again. And, you know, and it's like, oh, my God, shut up. You know, <laughs> if, why don't you come try to play? It was so hard and such a struggle. And it was, you know, for me, it was difficult to remain focused on what I needed to work on. And eventually I ended up losing my card. I got married. I had three kids. And then I went back to play on the Legends Tour 25 years later and then finished second on the money list. So it, the good news about golf is it's never too late to get better. And if you have that mindset that there's just lessons I need to learn, and when I put them all together, I will be successful. But sometimes that's really hard to believe. Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to remember back to my last season out there, and the end at the end of the season, I was just like, "Do I keep doing this?" Like, but I knew, I knew deep down that I hadn't done everything that I could possibly do to be successful. So, like, my biggest fear while I was out on the LPGA was losing my card, and then when my biggest fear was realized, I was like, "Okay, I can rebuild from here. Like, I still have a chance." Thankfully, you know, I we have the Symmetra Tour and. It's just an opportunity to, to you know, work on the things that I know I needed to work on and rebuild my game. Uh, but yeah, I I can totally understand what you were feeling. Um, going back home, I mean, I'm I'm fortunate that the at Talos Verdes Golf Club where I practice here in California, they the members are really supportive and very nice. And sometimes though, that's hard because you don't want to let people down. And I that was my biggest fear. Like I don't like letting people down either, as a lot like as well as myself. So. Um. Yeah, it 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 was a bit hard to go back like after another miscut, but <laughs> you know it's I I have to use it as they they want what's best for me and they want to support me and to use that as motivation rather than um, to add pressure. Absolutely, well absolutely. Mm-hmm. The other thing is too. I I'm I'm just going to give you a little tidbit. Once you do quit, or if you do quit, and you have a real job, what you're doing is way more fun than a real job. Remember that I told you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been heard that. I, I've heard that, but, yes, that's good to know. And, and i and I yeah. got to tell you this. Once a, once a gypsy, always a gypsy. Because I went from LPGA tour player to PGA tour wife and mom. And so my husband played on tour for 15 years. And we have three beautiful children, one of which works at the Golf Channel with that Augusta. And then the middle one is a really good player who played at Augusta State. And... um when he quit playing, he's like, should I go work at the bank or should I go work at Morgan Stanley? I said, okay, do you want a wall, you know, four walls and a computer, or do you want to be able to go play at Seminole? He goes, good point. So he's still at Morgan Stanley. And so I'm just warning you, keep doing what you're doing and keep working on it because if you've had that much success, you can definitely do this and be a superstar. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's some very good advice. Um, yeah. You know, Demi, something real, real quick. I want, I want to ask you. You know, we see a lot of um, players out there that kind of get wrapped up in the chatter. You know, we hear that Tiger Woods is the best example. Of course, he won the Masters this last weekend, and you know, for a lot of years, he had some struggles. Uh, you know, not only personally, but with physical challenges, and everybody sort of wrote him off. Uh, you know, over the last several years, that, you know, he's not going to come back. And yet he somehow um, rose above that and came back to win his 15th major. So what Cindy's really talking about is, um, you know, don't worry about everybody else or everything else going on. Stick to your game um, and you know your strengths and weaknesses. Work on the weaknesses and really uh, amplify your strengths. And if this is something that's really passionate in your heart and that you want to do, then keep doing it. Uh, and if there comes a day when it's not, well, then that's a different story. But, um, you know, it, it's a it's a great opportunity and uh, very, very few people um, are able to do what you do. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so true. It's like what I said earlier, if it was, any, it was easy, everybody would do it. But uh, I think the fact that, you know, it can't be perfected and it's something that you can work on right. for your whole life is, you know, it's, it's something I feel lucky, you know. Yeah, you've uh, you, you've you know you're you're still young yet. You've got a lot of great years ahead of you. 
and um, you know things are, are going to happen. You just have to, um, as we were talking about earlier uh, on the show before you came on, um, it, it's really you know about what you say to yourself, um, not what everybody else says. And um, you know if you develop that confidence and 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 develop that sort of self-assuredness, if you will, you can get out there and, and tackle anything that comes your way and it's very very difficult certainly on tour um, but whether you're the best ball striker or you hit it the farthest is really irrelevant it's uh, how few strokes it takes you to get it into the hole is whether or not you're going to win the championship so focus on those things focus on the areas that you you need some improvement on and just say to yourself you know what I can do this and get out there and just do it and I think you'll uh, yeah. you'll be in that winner's circle real fast um, well, Demi, Demi <laughs> exactly. we want to thank you for, for making it uh, this morning. We appreciate that. And I know it's early out there in California. So uh, have you, have some coffee, as Cindy said. Get your day started. <laughs> and uh, good luck in the weeks uh, ahead. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Have you a have great a great day. Lots of birdies. Thanks. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, very interesting young lady, and, and you know, Cindy, it, it's uh, it just goes to show you that um, you know even players at that caliber, every once in a while, you know, a little self doubt can can creep in, and um, you know, as we talked about a, a little bit ago um, with some of the other young ladies we've talked about, they you know will come out and, and do well, and they get can get very intimidated sometimes. You know, Julie Inkster can certainly intimidate you. Uh, another one that I remember it was Dottie Pepper. Um, you know, I would, uh, male or female, I would never uh, want to be paired up with Dottie. Not that she's not a wonderful person, but she could be very intimidating on the golf course. So I can assure you, uh, and as could Julie Inkster, because they were just um, really focused on their own game, and uh, they were they were a force to be reckoned with, both of them. But uh, so I can understand how that would be very intimidating. Um, Cindy, we we've got a young lady that's uh, going to join us this morning uh, that you're very familiar with. So uh, why don't you introduce her, and then we'll bring her on the show. Well, my student Hannah Cassidy, I've only been teaching her for less than a year. But she came to me wanting to get better to be able to play college golf. And she's worked really hard at changing her swing. She would pick it up and come over the top and hit this big old slice push fade. And she's a junior at Lewis and Porter High School, which is basically Niagara Falls, New York, which everyone knows where Niagara Falls is. And she's just a great young lady. Mm -hmm. She came to boot camp with us, and she was on the air with us at boot camp during the show. And, Ted, you thought she was just so mature and amazing to speak to. You asked her yep. if she could come back on again. So please welcome so here's... Hannah Cassidy. Good Hi. morning, Hannah. <laughs> morning. Welcome back. Thank you. We're glad that you could join us this morning. And uh, I think my analogy and, and my comments were, were right on. I remember uh, our conversation and uh, – uh, I was I was certainly very impressed, as I know Cindy is. Um, Cindy, let me just, if, if I, I can very quickly, um, <clears throat> just start uh, our discussion, and then I'll let you pick it up from here. Um, Hannah, you, you've had a chance to, I know you've been listening the last few minutes to the show, um, as you've been waiting very yeah. patiently, and uh, the young lady that we had on before you, of course, plays uh, has plays on the Symmetra Tour right now. She's uh, working on her game and, and, of course, has been out on the LPGA with some of the biggest players uh, in the world. Um, and, mm-hmm. and possibly that's maybe where you want to head one day. Um, but what I want to ask you is this. I'm sure you heard some of the conversation where she said that, uh, you know, that there's challenges and sometimes your confidence in that gets down. When you're not having a, a good day, when you're out there in the practice tee and things don't go, what do you say to yourself to say, okay, Hannah, I've got to change my attitude while I'm out here or what are some things that maybe Cindy has helped you uh, do in that area well everyone's always told me stop thinking about the holes you've just had and that's always been really hard for me because if I have a bad hole I focus on it but now I'm starting to focus more on what I'm doing wrong and correcting my swing so that I don't continue to make the same mistakes throughout the course of the round 
and that's why I'm really excited to play this year because I know how to correct my biggest mistake, which is my awful face. <laughs> and I think well, that'll help a lot. Yeah, great, great answer. And and Cindy had mentioned that you obviously want to play collegiate golf, so that's a, a goal for you. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about that. What what do you want to do? And then, Cindy, I'm going to let you jump in. Oh, well, right now we just went to, like, a college fair and we talked to a bunch of schools that have really great golf teams. And I'm just trying to figure out where I could fit in with one because I really want to play college golf. And there's a ton of great schools that have a major I'd be interested in, which is criminal justice. And they're mm. Division One golf, and they're all amazing teams and amazing players. And I just, oh, I'm so excited to play. Wow. That's what we like to hear. Cindy, go ahead. So the process is we have to create a resume. So if any of our listeners have kids or nieces or nephews or grandchildren or cousins that are really good at golf and think that they want to play college golf, you have to put together a resume of all the tournaments that you play in, where the event is or was, um, how many players were in the event, what you shot, and what place you finished. The bigger the event, the more basically it's ranked with college coaches. But the first thing they're going to want to see is your resume your grades, and your golf swing. So you have to videotape your golf swing and send it to them. And I would start writing to school probably in ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade, just so that the coach knows that you exist and are interested in their school. Hmm. Very good. Um, Hannah, let me ask you, uh, as you prepare to that next step, let's talk a little bit about your game. Um, sort of remind everybody in that, what are some of your strong areas in your game? What areas are you, do you feel the strongest in and what areas, uh, are you and Cindy still working on? I feel like my chipping and my putting is a strong area as well as like my irons are kind of like my lower clubs. But it's once I start to get up to my driver or, like, my five wood that I start to see issues again with maybe a bit of a fade. But we're still working to correct that, and it's getting better every single lesson we have. I think by the time I get out on the course, I'm going to be almost fixed. Hmm. Cindy, maybe give us a little bit of an overview of, of what you've seen of her game um, you, you obviously look at it from a different perspective than she would. Um, what do you see the most in, in this last year since you've been working with her? What do you see the most improved on, and what areas do you really uh, want her to focus on? I think I'm going to generalize for most mm-hmm. players. No one tries to miss it on purpose. Well, I've never met anybody who tried to miss it on purpose. I'm sure somebody might try to miss it on purpose, but not that I've seen. Um, So we have to first understand what's causing the ball to go where it goes. And I believe that some of the things that people are taught, uh, and I'm not bad-mouthing anybody, but I think it's misunderstanding that Mm -hmm. if you turn and turn and try to pull the the grip down, the face is going to be late and the ball is going to go to the right. And I think sometimes people misunderstand what they're being taught or they watch things on YouTube, if you will. And the more they look at things on YouTube or misunderstand, you know, like if somebody would tell me keep my left arm straight, I'm going to lock my left arm. It is not going to bend at all. I'm going to totally do what they're telling me to do. Well, if my arm is too straight and it's pulling the grip down, the face is going to be wide open and the ball is going to go dead right. So I believe right. it was misunderstanding. And then, you know, if somebody says, well, now you got to get your weight forward, well, the sooner you get your weight forward and the more you pull down with your left arm, you're almost going to shank it. So mm-hmm. once a student understands the cause of their miss, I believe it's very easy to fix. So 
that's what we've done with Hannah. And Hannah now understands it and, and knows that the subconscious mind is very powerful. And mm-hmm. if you don't stay focused on the task at hand, you know, if you're worried about the last hole you've played, or how many under you are, or over you are, and who's going to win, and no schools are going to want me, you're not focused on the task at hand, therefore you're going to keep missing the ball. So it's a matter of knowing the cause of the miss, staying focused on the task at hand, knowing what you're doing, and then producing better golf shots. Yeah, well that well said, Cindy. Um, Hannah, let me ask you, um, you know, obviously in, in addition to uh, being taught the fundamentals and, and learning to um, hit the various shots and that. I know that Cindy obviously takes you out in the golf course and you work on different things there on the golf course. Um, and uh, again, as we've talked about Cindy on the show, you know, it, it's much different when you're on the practice tee or the range hitting golf shots because you're playing from perfect lie. What shots out in the golf course, Hannah, give you the most difficulty? Is it when the, the ball is above your feet, below your feet, or bunker shots? What areas particularly give you the most difficulty? I think overall I've always had a lot of difficulty with bunker shots. That I really psych myself out the second I see my ball in the bunker, and I need to stop doing that because the last time Cindy and – all of us went out to play. I, when I went into the bunker, I was getting out of it in one shot. I've just, in the past, I've had a lot of trouble with it. And right. I had to hit, like, the ball three times out of the sand. So now whenever I see it, I think that, even though I know I can get out of it now. Yeah, I think sand, for some reason, Cindy, gives a lot of people, especially uh, our amateurs uh, out there, I think, uh, again, I think it's a psychological thing. They they see that sand, and uh, unlike uh, you know on the nice uh, soft turf where you want to hit the ball first, the sand you want to hit the sand first uh, and let it carry the ball out. And a lot of people misunderstand that, and they try to chop at the ball and end up digging it too deep. Um, I, I want to ask you one other thing, uh, and then I'm going to throw it back to Cindy, uh, Hannah. Um, you know, you mentioned earlier on about dwelling on um, you know, a, a bad hole or maybe a bad couple of holes and, and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. what, what do you consider in your mind, what do you consider a bad hole for you? Well, overall, towards the end of the hole, I think back on it and I think about the good shots I had, the bad shots I had, whether I made, you know, like a little mistake or something that could throw off my entire game. And that kind of determines whether it was a good or a bad hole. But I can always feel it when I'm done playing. I know if I liked the hole or not. Do you, do you think, Hannah, and I guess I want to rephrase this a little bit. It's sort of the same question, but I want to rephrase it. Do you consider mm-hmm. it a bad hole based on the result of the hole? In other words, if you hit two or three really rotten shots, but you still managed to par or even birdie the hole, would that be considered a bad hole for you if, if the result was good, but maybe the, the shots weren't that great? Or is it the other way around? If the, the shots were great, but the result, um, maybe you got a bogey instead, which would you consider to be a bad result? If the shots went well, I'd consider it a good hole, even if the score was, you know, a bogey, because you were shooting good shots, obviously something else went wrong. But if you're having awful shots and you still manage to make a decent score, that's difficult when you're playing bad. It really is. So I sometimes consider that to be a good hole. What do you think about that, Cindy? That's an interesting uh, um, analogy or way of looking at it. you know, if if a player looks at the results or looks at the the execution of the shots as opposed to the result, um, do you consider that a good or bad for the player? I just think it's their perception. Um, I can tell you that when yeah. I played on tour, I didn't hit it very good, but I would score. So I think that's mm-hmm. resilience. 
Um, I know that Alan Miller would rather hit it good and shoot 80 than hit it bad and shoot 68. Um, I can tell you that Francesco, Francesco Molinari, after the first, I don't know, 10 or 11 holes, Alan said he's only had like 12 putts. So it's because somebody said something about that on the telecast, and Alan goes, he's not hitting it very good today. He's been lucking out all day long. So if you're not right. able to fix your bad swing, that it will eventually catch up to you. So, you, yes, you need to learn to hit it better. But I also believe that, you know, sometimes you're going to miss it and you've got to be able to scrape it around and score. Right. Right, exactly. Um, I, I think it's, it's sort of a dual diagnosis, if you will. You've got to look at both perspectives. But, um, Cindy, go ahead. and uh, We've just got a few more minutes here. If you've got some final questions or, or thoughts that you want to express to, to Hannah. So, Hannah, if you were going to talk to someone's parents or aunts and uncles and they had a child that wanted to play competitive golf, what would you tell them? What advice would you give to parents or aunts and uncles of kids that want to play? They should 100% do it. It's a really, really great opportunity. I love playing golf, especially competitively. Even though it's like every competition is different. Every single tournament or match or round you play is different. There's different competitors. You're, you're playing with different people. They have different skill levels. And you still have to just focus on yourself and play your own game. And to be able to do that is difficult, but it comes with golf. And it's just, I think it's an amazing sport. I would encourage anyone to do it. Awesome. I would I would agree 100%. Hannah, do some of your, your girlfriends that they, you uh, go to school with and that, or, or your, your close friends, do they play golf as well, some or, or none or, or most? Yeah, they do. But well, that's good. few of them. Most of yeah. my friends don't play golf, but the ones who do, I I just love. Do you try to encourage the ones that don't? I mean, sometimes I bring them with me and they see it and they're like, "Wow, like golf is so much harder than I thought it was." And I'm like, "I know." <laughs> <laughs> None of them want to play though. <laughs> well. Tell them to go see Cindy Miller, and and uh, they'll change their perspective a hundred percent. They'll they'll oh, wow. uh, uh, invite them to the boot camps um, and let them get out and play. I, I I think that's fantastic, Cindy. You know, one of the things that impressed me the last time you were on, Hannah, was um, just your your attitude, and and attitude is everything. I mean, you even if you never become the best ball striker or you shoot the lowest scores of anybody uh, out there that you're playing against, having a great attitude makes up for it and 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 it just helps to as we talked about earlier Cindy it helps to restore and 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 have that confidence and you know when you find something no matter what it is in life that you're passionate about and obviously I know I'm sure you have other passions as well but uh, I can tell in your voice and just in your your demeanor here this morning and from the last time that's why you know we wanted to invite you back is that you obviously have a passion about golf and uh, it's something that you really enjoy and uh, obviously it, it may not be for everybody but um, obviously it's something that's for you. And, and I want to personally wish you much success in achieving your goals and you keep sticking with Cindy Miller and you'll reach them. No problem. Thank you. <laughs> Any thank final, you, final comments, Cindy? No, just thank you for joining us, my dear. I hope to see you thank soon. You will. <laughs> All, right, All right. And keep those grades up too. That counts too. All right, Hannah, thank you oh, very much for joining us. This, Yeah, that's that's the big one. Thanks for joining us, Hannah, and, and you come back anytime with Cindy. That'll be great. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. bye-bye. All right, that was uh, Hannah Cassidy, junior at Lewiston Porter High School, uh, on her way to um, trying to get uh, into a good school that she can play. So, um She's really got a good head on her shoulders, Cindy. You've you've done a great job in in the short time that you've been working with her, and I know that you'll continue to do even more. Um, and like I said, attitude is everything. If they've got a good attitude coming in, it just makes our job so much easier. That's for sure. Well done. 
Well, again, we want to uh, thank our guests this morning, uh, Demi Runas, uh, for joining us, and also Hannah Cassidy. And again, uh, our, our um, remembrance of Marilyn Smith, uh, a great legend uh, that was lost, and uh, she will forever be missed, uh, but always will be remembered. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf, and we look forward to seeing you here next week. Uh, thank you, Cindy. Have a great week. Thanks, Ted. You do as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf Show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and, of course, Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.